What is up, dudes and dudettes? Drew here from The Anxious Truth. Welcome to episode, what is this? It's episode 98 of the podcast. We have two left to get to 100. I'm trying to arrange a special guest to be on the 100th episode. I don't know if it's going to work out, but I'm trying. But that's good. That's going to be in a couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm going to rant a little bit in this one, which is fine. I guess you guys are kind of used to me doing that anyway. Nothing new here, right? If you follow me, we're gonna, today we're going to talk about the self-check-in. Check in with yourself. The advice of checking in with yourself to see how you're doing. And, and why I said two days ago on social that that is a horrific, horrific idea. Uh, let me explain that. So if you follow me on Instagram, which by the way you should. I, I'm, I'm kind of digging Instagram. I'm digging the Instagram these days. The.anxious.truth. If you're listening and you don't follow, follow along. So I, I, I like Instagram lately. So I posted an Instagram feeds over to my Facebook too. So wherever I guess I posted about how the self check in advice was terrible. I literally said stop, stop checking in with yourself. Stop it. It's terrible advice. I think what I said literally and credit to to Australia for this, you know who you know who you are. I literally said this is terrible advice and should be kicked into the sun <laughs> kicked into the sun just cracks me up. But this person says it all the time. And it is it is terrible advice. And you should kick it right into the sun, get it out of your life. The self check in is a bad, bad, bad idea. But let us give some context to what I said. Because while I got an overwhelming response that says, Yes, thank you, I needed to hear this. Yes, this has been a problem for me. Yes, people keep telling me to do it. And it's making me worse. I got mostly that I did get a few people who really they kind of gave me a lot of pushback on that because I was treading on their sacred spiritual ground. So let's talk about it for a second. The context I am discussing here is somebody and if you're listening to me, there's a really good chance I'm talking about you. Somebody who is in the grips of a raging anxiety disorder, panic disorder, agoraphobia, there's monophobia in there, there's health anxiety, there's OCD, there's all those things. But if your situation right now is that you spend all of your time when awake and conscious, focused inward and examining, how are you feeling? What am I thinking? I don't like that thought. I don't want to have that thought. This is scary. Am I going to die? Am I okay? Am I safe? Do I have cancer? Am I going to coronavirus? Is my husband going to die? Is my wife going to die? If you are tortured all day long, damn near tortured, and I've heard it described that way, because you cannot stop thinking about how you feel and focusing inward on your thoughts and what your body is doing and what your mind is doing. And you have told me again and again and again, whether it's in the Facebook group or anywhere else, like I hear you drew, but how am I supposed to stop thinking about this? I can't not think about it. It's so scary. It's so loud. So if you are literally in, in a situation where you cannot stop or you feel like you cannot stop thinking about how you feel and examining how you feel and what you're thinking and assessing yourself all the time when awake, and it's driving you crazy, and it's fueling all this fear and anxiety, then the self check in the next time somebody tells you, take a moment, breathe, check in with yourself, ask yourself how you're doing. The next time somebody says that to you, flip them the bird and tell them to back the F off. It's okay to do that. Because that person is giving you advice that is way outside your own context. Right? So context matters. It really does matter. Now, I'm not going to say that the self check in I, I was trashing it pretty hard, right? But I'm trashing it pretty hard because I'm addressing a specific audience that has a specific problem. And within this audience of mine, the people who are listening and thank you if you are like the self check in is a bad, bad idea. And I just grow really tired of being told, well, you're you're just a mechanic, you're addressing the mechanics of it, you're not getting to the root of it. 
You're not dealing with, you know, you got to feed the spirit. And honestly, like F you with the spirit, because right now the person you're talking to cannot turn their brain off. The person you are talking to, anxiety coach, yoga teacher, whoever you happen to be, spiritual advisor, the person you are telling to check in cannot turn their brain off. They're being tortured by their own brain, their own inward focus, their own inability to turn that off. They want nothing more than to not think about how they're doing. It's all they want in life. It is all they want in life right now because of this disorder that they are trying to solve. They're trying to fix this problem and they're working hard to fix the problem. So you have to stop telling them to, to turn in, turn inward, ask yourself how you're doing, how are you feeling? What do you need at this very moment? Well, I'll answer that for you. That person at that very moment needs to not be thinking about how they're feeling because that's driving all of their problem, all of their problem. So stop, stop that. And, and if you are one of those people, you listen to the podcast because you have this problem and you're being told that, whether it's by your coach or somebody you like to follow online or even your therapist, because I was told flat out that there are therapists who are saying that you're supposed to do that. It's really okay to say, you know what? What I need right now is to stop thinking about how I feel. Please help me learn to stop thinking about how I feel and examining how I feel. Stop telling me to do it. That's not how I fix this problem. So essentially what's going on is you have a fire raging and you're being told to put it out with a can of gasoline and a box of matches. That's insanity within that context. I mean, I'll, I'll get around to the positive part of the self check-in. It has a purpose. It does. I'm not universally trashing it, but within the context of the things that I'm addressing on this podcast and the community surrounding the podcast, the things I write, like, yeah, I'm trashing it in that context. We'll talk about where it is applicable in a little bit, but right now, like, come on, you, you got to understand that that is just terrible advice. And I stand by that. I'm not apologizing for that. I'm just not. And if it offended you, then I would say I'm happy that it offended you because it tells me that you are not being tortured by this continuous inward focus that you feel powerless against. So if what I told what have I said, really was problematic for you, I'm sort of happy because it means that you're not having this particular problem right now, which is great. Maybe you used to have the problem and you've gotten over it, which is great. Or you never had the problem, which is great. But I'm not trying to like trash your your belief in the self check in and feeding your spirit. And, and keeping you yourself emotionally healthy. I'm, I'm all for all of those things. But within the context of somebody who cannot stop thinking about how they feel from the minute they open their eyes to the minute they manage to get some sleep at night, that you, that's not okay. It's not it's not good advice. All right. So, you know, check in with yourself and ask yourself, what what is the one thing you need right now? The answer is I need to not be thinking about myself. Thank you very much. Please stop asking me to do that. It's okay to say that. It's really okay to say that stand up for yourself, carve out your space. Like, it's okay to make that stand and say, I can't do that right now. Please stop telling me to do that. It's okay to do that. You're allowed to do that. And I'm going to tell you something else, that that advice is kind of held up on a pedestal as if it is a universal truth of spiritual growth, enlightenment, and emotional intelligence and maturity. It's, it's you know, so I, I, I've had people who literally have said, I don't want to do that, but I feel like a failure. I'm, I keep, they, they keep telling me that I should be doing that. This will help me feed my spirit. It will help me find the cause of my anxiety. It helps nurture my inner child. It helps self-compassion and self-care. But it's making me worse. So it's okay to say, no, 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 right now, that is making me worse. Do not feel like a failure because you cannot follow that advice. Because you're being told that that advice is somehow indicative of, of achieving some other level of growth and healing. Like the word healing sometimes can be a little bit toxic, guys. It's okay to acknowledge that. 
This is not all sunshine and rainbows. I mean, I get accused a lot of times of being almost a mechanic when it comes to these things. And I'll take that. I'll take that. That's fine. I am a bit of a mechanic with this. But sometimes you need a mechanic. Sometimes you do. I'm getting a lot of notifications here. Should have turned off those sounds, but uh, what's the point? I don't need to be professional about this. Why start now? It's only been five years. All right, so it's, it's okay to take a stand on that. Do not let anybody tell you that this is required as part of self-healing and, and compassion and growth and inner child and all that stuff. Right now, you need to learn the tools that you you need to learn the tools that will help you break that obsession and compulsion to continually be thinking about how you feel. That's, that's, that's the reality. And that's why I said what I said. So when is it a, when is it a good thing to do? Oh, let me, let me say something else. Well, no, no, no. Let me talk about what's the positive side of the self check-in. Check in with yourself. I think here's where it comes from. And look, I'm no expert in this. I don't claim any any ground here at all. I don't kind of place in that in that space in, in any way. But I'm pretty sure that where it comes from is it's an acknowledgement that a lot of times we ignore ourselves. And that's true. We do ignore ourselves. Maybe you're a little bit maybe you're selfless to a to a fault. Some people are, they put everybody else ahead of themselves in life, they try and please everybody else take care of everybody else never take care of themselves. That's a thing. That's a problem. And the self checking can help help fix that. So I'm good with that. Sometimes it just means that we drive ourselves to the breaking point. Work, 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 family, 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 everybody got to get it. I got responsibilities. I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. And you forget to take care of yourself. So the self check-in is a pause to remind yourself that we have to take care of ourselves. I'm with you. Good. I'm good with that. That's good. It's a good thing. Right? So I, I think in, in that situation, I've been told a couple of things, one of which that stood out to me was, well, this is, you know, and, and uh, this the part of the self check in is to make sure that we we remain self aware. Like today, actually, a friend of mine brought that up. Well, I'm pretty sure that the spirit of it is to make sure help us remain self aware when we should be self aware, you, you, you can't go through life with blinders on, right, you should be aware of yourself. But the problem is, <laughs> the problem is, like somebody in the grips of these these disorders that we talk about that have this problem, this driving problem, they cannot break, they're trying so hard to break, is that they are nothing but self-aware. <laughs> they are self-aware. People who have this problem, right, guys, you guys that are listening would probably agree with this. You may be in a situation where you are nothing but self-aware. Trust me, somebody who's, who's in the grips of raging OCD, health anxiety, panic disorder, agoraphobia with monophobia, like somebody who has these problems is painfully self-aware. They do not need to take time to be self-aware and to, and to be, take care of themselves. Trust me, all they are doing all the time, 24-7, is being aware of themselves and putting themselves in the center of the universe. Like I've talked about this, these disorders are incredibly selfish. The people who have them are not selfish at all. Doesn't mean that the people are selfish, but the disorders are selfish. So these disorders, panic disorder, will place the person with panic disorder directly in the center of the universe all the time. No matter what goes on in the world, be it a problem with, with one of your kids or a spouse or a job or something political or the weather, or something economic, or anything, it doesn't matter what it is. If you are dealing with panic disorder, or something like it or OCD, tell me that you do not immediately within about three seconds, bring that that event that occurrence right back to what does this mean for me? How is this going to make me feel? 
not because you're selfish, but because you are so afraid of how you're going to feel at any given moment that you cannot help but relate every event in the universe back to me. How is this going to make me feel? What will I have to do something I'm afraid of? Is it going to make me anxious? Is it going to make me afraid? Is it going to make me uncomfortable? So trust me that while I understand that part of the spirit of the self check in is to make sure that remain we remain aware of ourselves and taking care of ourselves. For somebody who is dealing with with this, this, you know, obsessional and compulsive need to be self focused and scanning, assessing for threats, trying to be safe all the time, like in an unhealthy way, self care, and, and self awareness is not a problem. I mean, they're doing it, they're doing it so much that it is a problem, but the other way, it's a problem of excess, not a problem of too little. So again, it's okay to reject the advice of the self check in when it's portrayed that way. Well, you need to make sure you're taking care of yourself. I get it. But there are other ways to do that. And it's okay to say, look, part of the problem is all I want to do is take care of myself all the time. I'm just trying to find healthy ways to do it. Because the way I'm doing it right now is ruining my life. So please stop telling me I have to take care of myself and trying to learn new ways to do that. And asking myself how I feel is not not a new way. I'm already doing that. I'm just doing it wrong. And I'm trying to break it. So it's okay to say that you can respond to the self check in that way. And if you're in the business of dispensing that advice, and somebody says that to you when you tell them to do self check in for a variety of reasons, please respect their answer. Because if you have not been through what they have been through, if you have not felt the grip of that obsession that says if I stop thinking about my heart, it might stop. And that's real. There's, you know, within the first seven days of this podcast being released, seven to 8,000 of people will listen to it. And I guarantee that at least 700 of them would say, Oh, yeah, I know exactly what that means. I feel like if I don't pay attention to my heart, it might stop beating. Trust me, that's a real thing. So if you're in the business of defensing of, of dispensing advice about checking in with oneself, then you need to be aware that when somebody says that's not a good idea for me, just say, Okay, I understand. Now, let's talk about let's bring that down the road, right? So if in fact, you are a regular listener, or you follow me on social, and you like the self check in, then that tells me that you are not in the grips of this, this obsessive, unhealthy self examination all the time. And that's great. So when you know, what we really need to do is get to the point where we have put out that fire. So I said, like the self check in is like trying to put out a fire with, with, a, you know, a can of gas and some matches. I think one of the things I said on, on social is, you know, self check in is like trying to break out of prison by running back into the cell block. Like you're trying to get out, you don't want to run back in it. So what do we have to do to get to the point where you can use the good advice of self check in for emotional health, right? For healing for spiritual growth, whatever you want to call that because those are important things for human beings, you got to do that stuff. But first, you got to put out the fire of the disorder. So we, we have to work on the tools, you know, the things we talk about, the things we you know, we practice the things we discuss the tools that help you break that cycle. So just to cover that really quickly, I've said it eight zillion times. But if you feel like you you must continually focus inward and follow every one of these scary thoughts and, in, and, and engage in inner dialogue and scan and check and scan and check and seek reassurance, you have to learn not to do that. Right? So the object of the game here is you got to learn to stop doing those things, which will make you terrified. So you have to stop looking inward, even though Everything in your brain is say, look in here, your brain is yelling like you better look at this, you better check on your heart, 
You better answer these thoughts. These scary thoughts are coming through. You better answer them. Hello, hello, hello. It's banging on the door, getting trying to get your attention, right? You have to learn to not give it the attention because over time, the experience is I'm going to let these scary thoughts be in my head. I'm going to turn away from them and put my focus out of myself. I talk often about almost visualizing like a vacuum. So your focus is all behind your eyes right now. You need to pull that focus out to be in front of your eyes, like get it out of you. And this is way more than just, dude, you got to get out of your head, go for a walk. And to a certain extent, that, that advice is correct. It's just not that easy. So these are the tools we talk about doing over and over and over. It is exhausting, difficult, tedious work to break that cycle. Because every time you ignore or turn away, focus away from those scary thoughts that are screaming for your attention, that compulsion to self-examine, to check a symptom, to tell somebody that, I don't know, my back hurts. What does this mean? Why is my back hurt? Does your back ever hurt? What happened the last time your back hurt? Was that anything? Maybe I should call a doctor. So, you know, instead of engaging in that behavior, health anxiety sufferers, you have to say, well, I want to do that, but I can't right now which will make you agitated and afraid and vulnerable. You will feel like you are surrendering to certain death or horrible fate. But over time, when you do that and the, and the outcome is still positive, you learn, oh, I guess I don't have to do that. It becomes easier and easier and easier over time. So the person who was quite literally six or eight months ago, like struggling to wait 60 seconds between blood pressure checks, no joke, like, but I need to check my blood pressure. No, you don't. But I, but I have to check it, like in tears, because they couldn't check their blood pressure. Just wait 60 seconds. Give me two minutes before you check it. Tears. But I need to check it. Who now hasn't checked blood pressure in three, four months? Like, it does get better over time, because the experience was, oh, I didn't check my blood pressure, and I was still okay. I, I guess I didn't ever need to check it that much. Oh, that's so silly. That's what we're going for. When you can get to that point where you're no longer held prisoner inside your own head and focused in back behind your eyes in your brain and down in your body, then then it's time. Okay, maybe we could start looking at the self check in there. There is value in that. Yes. And a friend of mine whom I respect greatly for her ability to j jump into to my stream and help out when she sees that I need it. And she brings her knowledge and her experience and her compassion and her, and her education to it. You know, she was sort of defending the self check in and say, well, it's important for our emotional health. This is how we we could tell what's going on with us. And she she made a really beautiful statement. She said, this is how I know what's on my heart. I'm not going to name the name because I, I didn't tell her I was going to talk about it. But, you know, that's beautiful. Like she used the self check in to see what's on her heart and what she needs to deal with and process and work on. And that's absolutely valid. Except for the person who's gripped <laughs> with the anxiety disorder, because what I what I really said was, well, we clearly have a case here. Be, you know, th this is this is the difference between what's on my heart and oh my god, is my heart still beating? Literally, that's literally the difference, and we we, we kind of joked about it. There's a lot of a lot of res mutual respect there. So hopefully, you can get to the point where you're no longer figuratively worried about your heart stopping, and you can use the self check in to see what what my friend described as what's on my heart today, what's bothering me today. That's valid. It's an okay thing to do. Like people should learn to do those things. But first, we have to not do them obsessively in an unhealthy way. So that's that's my rant about the self-check-in and why it's a bad bit of advice for people who are stuck in these disorders that I talk about all the time. All right, so I know sometimes I am like aggressively like picking on the spiritual people and the inner child people. I don't, 
I don't mean to do it. It's not like I, I am dismissing all of that that has value. It does have value, but but context matters. And I'm sorry, but I am going to unapologetically just shovel dirt on top of those things when every single day I see it causing damage. Like that advice is supposed to help people. It should not cause damage. And you know what? Here's the real truth of this sort of stuff that I talk about. And I think anybody who makes a living with it, if you're making a living coaching or advising, or you're in the mental health field, you're a counselor, you're a therapist, like this is reality. You have to be okay with this. Just because I like something doesn't mean that it's true. So I'm going to let me be completely transparent and honest right now. I am not a huge fan of the self care, self compassion, you know, parent yourself, comfort your inner child stuff. I'm just not. I personally am having a hard time coming to grips with the, the with the theory behind it and the validity of it. It doesn't speak to me. However, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not true. So I have to be intellectually honest enough to say, Oh, no, no, I get it. Like it might not be my thing. But I can say to you, there's value in many of those things, people should work on those things. If, if it is important, if it applies to you, then you should work on that. So I'm really tired of, of this knock that says, you know, well, if you're not like getting deep spiritual about your anxiety problem, then you're not solving it. That's nonsense. It's just absolute nonsense. Like, come on now. I'm not telling you to, to, to take your stuff and put it away forever. That's not fair. So don't tell somebody that they're not supposed to work on the techniques. That's ridiculous. Just ignoring how the human brain works is not okay. Just because you don't want it to be that way, you want it to be more spiritual and emotional doesn't mean that it is all the time. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Like I have many, many people who are long-term listeners and, and I've become friends with and they evolve over time. When I get to know them, they are in the grips of these things where the mechanical stuff that I talk about helps solve the problem. Then they go and move on and work on other things that may have to do with self-care and self-parenting and inner child work. And they're loving it and they're flourishing and I'm super happy for them. But like, you know, where they are at a time matters. So I'm, I, you know, I'm just having a hard time with this right now. Having a little bit of a hard time with the fact that some of the things that that I know are helping people get invalidated because they're just that's that's ridiculous. You're never going to heal if you don't if you don't dig for this stuff. Like that's nonsense. It's absolutely possible to heal without that. It is absolutely one. If you're listening to me right now, I'm off on a little bit of another little rant here. But I'm telling you right now, the person who is insisting to you that you must, you must dig through your childhood or whatever it is to find if you don't do that, it's impossible to recover completely is flat out wrong. You may have to do that. That is true. It depends on your experiences. But if I hear one more person tell me, I've been digging through my childhood for the last six years and nothing's coming out and I'm not getting any better, yet it keeps, you know, it's, it's being forced down their throats. It's not okay. It's just not okay. I mean, look, every day I have to tell people, you know, look, I'm a big fan of the, of the cognitive behavioral stuff, but it clearly you are carrying some pain here from some real bad things that happened to you. And like, we're, you have to address those things too. Maybe after you do this stuff, or maybe at the same time, maybe before. But you know, we got to be honest here, you cannot be in this, in this subject area, and do nothing but what you think sounds right to you, you got to acknowledge all the stuff. Like, let's be honest here. So again, just to address those of you who are listening, because you're looking for help, like, understand the context that you're in. And it's okay to reject certain advice at, at any given time. It's okay to question it 
And and if you if the person that you are questioning rejects your question or your even your right to question it, then mm, that might be somebody you don't want to talk about anymore, or talk to or listen to anymore. Just saying. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> Twenty four minutes of of I think what turns into uh, look. I'm passionate about that. You know, I don't spend the time that I that I spend on this for people not to get better. I can't make anybody better. They make themselves better. But in the end, I really like to have people who be able to use the tools and navigate things. And you know what, when you are gripped with this problem that I talk about all the time, sometimes it's really hard to be a critical consumer of information. I understand that. So some of what I think the role of people like me is, is to help you like wade through things. Hey, have you considered this? Have you considered that the self check in is not a good thing for you right now? That's all. That's all I'm thinking. So that is the deal. All right. So this was episode 98. We got two more to go. We're gonna hit 100. Um, if you are listening on iTunes or whatever podcast network you love, and it lets you rate and review the podcast, could you do that? Like if you love the podcast, it's helping you and you, you, you want other people to find it, then, you know, maybe you can leave a review. It'd be freaking awesome. Helps other people find it, helps spread the word. And really, that's why I do it. I just want people to get help. And if I can provide it, then great. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. I'll be back next week for episode 99. Don't know what we're going to talk about, but I'll be here and uh, see you guys later. The feeling that you're gonna win Yeah, you're on your way It's in the afterglow It's in the lyrics of the songs we know It's in these feelings that you never show